You're listening to Hear Arizona. Addressing issues, empowering our community. Every day, some 100,000 vehicles drive this stretch of the Red Mountain Loop 202 in Tempe. The freeway skims Tempe Town Lake and beyond that, Arizona State University and the famed Mill Avenue Party District. I used to be one of those commuters as an ASU student. I had classes at two campuses, Tempe and downtown Phoenix, and rode the shuttle back and forth from 2018 to early 2020. It was a double-decker bus that offered a glimpse into an area that most others might have missed. Sitting on the top deck allowed me to see into a gap between the north and southbound lanes on Priest Drive, down in the Rio Salado where dozens of tents lined up the sides. Today only a few tents remain, trash is strewn across parts of the riverbed, there are discarded clothes, and an empty container of infant formula sits atop a garbage pile. The debris is what's left of a pop-up community that sprouted there in recent years. By city estimates, some 200 people called the place home. It was an attractive area. It was one of the few areas where you would not receive the same level of supervision as if you were on the streets in terms of the policing. And it was also one of the areas where there could be any sort of privacy. This is Elizabeth Venable. She's with the Phoenix-based Fund for Empowerment, a nonprofit that advocates for people living on the streets. It was a lot less vulnerable for people that were in the encampment that I talked to. Um, they were they felt a lot less vulnerable and a lot more autonomous with their own decision making. And they didn't feel that they were a nuisance to the community. Um, because they were generally out of sight of the community. People called it home until the end of August. Tempe city officials claimed it had become too dangerous, both for the people living there and the rescue teams who were sent to help in an emergency. These are the safety concerns the city gave for shutting down the encampment. The area was prone to flooding. Hypodermic needles and chemical and human waste were often found at the site. There was no plumbing and no access to drinking water. First responders were being called to the riverbed more often. According to the city of Tempe, there were 70 calls for emergency services there in 2021. That's up from just six in all of 2017. The area is now a no-trespassing zone. Tempe says its employees provided outreach and assistance to the people in the encampment in the weeks leading up to the sweep. But where did the people who lived there go, and what options are available? This is Unsheltered, a Here Arizona podcast. I'm Greg Hawney. This episode is about options for emergency shelter in Tempe and how city, government, and nonprofits have been working to help. According to city estimates, the number of unsheltered people in Tempe grew 34 percent between 2020 and 2022. In recent months, Tempe received more than 260 reports of homeless encampments within city boundaries. An online form on the city's website has let residents report possible encampments since the summer. And Tempe also has a hotline that anyone can help let them know about a person who may be experiencing homelessness. 
The idea is that the city then sends a sort of ambassador to help connect them to resources. This is the work of Tempe's Hope Outreach Team. The Hope Team is tasked with making inroads within the unhoused population to connect people to shelter and services, like arranging for state IDs and birth certificates, for example. Not having those documents can be a barrier to receiving government benefits or getting into long-term housing. We've intensified our outreach and have now coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, with more staff out doing the work. Um, their main goal is to uh, you know, get folks connected directly to shelter. Um, you know, sometimes that takes many engagements throughout uh, a period of time for folks to trust us and work with us to actually move into shelter. This is Tempe Homeless Solutions Manager Jessica Wright. She says the city hired its first homeless outreach specialist in 2016. There are now 11 city employees on the HOPE team. As of this recording, the HOPE team has made more than 10,000 total engagements. An engagement counts as any time a team member comes in contact with a person experiencing homelessness. And we start to identify what specific resources we can connect them to. Um, and that might look different for different people. Some folks, it's, uh, you know, a direct connection into shelter. Um, some folks are a little bit resistant to that at, at the beginning. And we're working with them on getting uh, vital documents like IDs or birth certificates or reconnecting with healthcare providers or mental health providers, um, sometimes taking folks and connecting them with detox and treatment centers. It's very individualized. Wright said the people who are resistant to help feel the system has already failed them. That's where forging relationships with those experiencing homelessness is key. Here's Shanna Ellis, executive director of the Action Nexus on Housing and Homelessness at Arizona State University. A majority of people will, will eventually accept services, what outreach workers do is they build up trust. And so people need to know who they can turn to and who they can trust. People are on the streets because the system, whatever system it is, has failed them. And understandably, the trust is broken. Ellis's program at ASU connects community organizations and government entities that are working in the housing and homelessness space. We do that through having interns placed out in the community, faculty doing research, um, providing agencies lots of data on what the projects that they're working on. Ellis said there aren't enough shelter beds to meet demand, and that's not just in Tempe, but across the valley. There is a big bottleneck in our system. Um, I was counting that since May, our area here has increased the number of shelter beds by over 500, and there's plans to increase it in additional 800 in the next 16 months. But it's people who are currently in sheltered aren't finding housing. So those beds aren't freeing up in order to serve additional individuals. Wright said because Tempe doesn't have enough beds within city limits, it's had to make arrangements with shelters in other cities, which can be just as squeezed for availability. We utilize partnerships with other uh, local nonprofits that have shelter space throughout the valley. And um, our HOPE team provides direct you know, connection to those shelter spaces, helps connect that appointment for folks to be there um, and, and get them there. So we're not only having folks move into our shelter space, but we're in direct contact with folks throughout the valley so that we're, we can identify where other spaces are. Uh, that might sometimes even be a better fit for folks uh, with their with their individual needs. But what about those people who don't want to go to a shelter? Ella said communities like the pop-up tent city and the Salt Riverbed can be attractive. You know, the encampments, they become an individual's community um, and resources are shared. Um, safety 
is a big aspect. Um, you know, we all know that, you know, we feel safer in a group. That makes sense. People on the streets encounter trauma every moment they're there. Um, people um, don't have access to adequate nutrition. They can't get adequate sleep. Um, there's all sorts of items that would cause people to feel unsafe. And people who are unsheltered, um, they're more likely to be victimized than to victimize somebody else. That I mean, studies have shown that. Elizabeth Venables' group bore witness to Tempe moving people out of Salt River. Representatives from the Fund for Empowerment as well as the National Lawyers Guild stood watch in the days leading up to Tempe designating the river bottom as a no-trespassing zone. The group's alleged Tempe outreach personnel did not go into the encampment but remained at the perimeter. It could be argued that it was a different scenario than what was represented in Martin v. Boise. However, um, they, I believe that to move them, they are supposed to be reaching out to them and offering uh, adequate shelter and not just shelter in the um, surrounding cities like Phoenix, um, but shelter in Tempe. And currently they don't provide enough beds even for those riverbed residents. Martin v. Boise, by the way, is a 2018 Supreme Court decision that provides protection for people experiencing homelessness. The ruling allows for people to live on the streets if the city is unable to provide adequate housing. Venable says that even if some of these shelters had enough room for everyone, some would still be left behind, like people with physical disabilities or mental health issues. The population is often misunderstood. Um, I think that people, again, tend to blame people for um, personal uh, frustrations. And it's a sort of a double, it's not a, it's, it's like two swords at once. While the area along the Salt River no longer holds the encampment it used to, these people still exist. There are concerns that the number of people experiencing homelessness will only continue to grow. Here's Shanna Ellis again. And right now we have an inflow-outflow problem. And so we, we do need to look at our capacity um, right now. Um, but affordable housing units are being built. Um, at a much slower pace than I think anyone would like. We all know that building takes a long time, so this is not going to be solved overnight. But I am very hopeful that it will not be the crisis that it is today, and we won't see so many people unsheltered on the streets. Ellis added that the crisis will take political will to solve, but that she is starting to see it build. You just listened to the Here Arizona Unsheltered podcast. That's H-E-A-R Arizona. This episode featured Action Nexus on housing and homelessness at Arizona State University and the Fund for Empowerment. Find more information about these and other Arizona nonprofits on our resources page at hearearizona.org. Arizona is a production of KJZZ, part of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College. This episode was reported, written, and hosted by Greg Hawney. It was edited by Lindsay C. Riley. Thank you for listening.